It's been 50 years since Title IX, the federal civil rights law prohibiting sex-based discrimination from schools and educational programs receiving federal funding, was passed. Now that the landmark legislation has been around for half a century, it begs the question, where are things now? In the year 2022, women's collegiate athletics are still looking for equal funding and support. Female college athletes are also looking for better exposure to showcase their skills. Unfortunately, they're doing so in a society that is still behind when it comes to its views on the importance of women's athletics. While society plays catch-up, Indiana University is taking steps to make sure its women's sports teams are well-supported. For many young women, sports are not just a game, but they are vehicles that foster healthy growth and development for young women and girls everywhere. According to Lauren Smith, a professor at Indiana University's media school who specializes in sports media, sports offer positive benefits to young girls on and off the field. There have been so many studies out there that talk about the benefit of sports for girls and young women with respect to confidence, with respect to mental health, with respect to, you know, just life building skills. Female athletes end up being more confident. They feel better about themselves overall. They do better in school. So the benefit of sport period is is definitely unmatched for women. With respect to IU's excellence initiative, it seems like they're taking those foundational things and helping to build those skills into areas other than just sport with respect to leadership training, with job training, so that student athletes can take those skills, that confidence, those leadership skills, and translate them into a real practical experience that will continue to benefit them once they are no longer athletes. Title IX was meant to provide equal opportunities for men and women in collegiate sports. However, Smith points out that there is still work to be done. Title IX was initially, or Title IX was implemented for opportunity. Um, And so if you're looking at Title IX, you're looking for equal opportunity for men and women in sport, Um, that that women are not limited by their gender, they're not punished by their gender. Um, And so overall, Title IX is supposed to support that equal opportunity. Does it? Uh, No. There have been a couple studies that have come out in the past couple months that show despite being 50 years into Title IX, uh, funding still is not equal. Uh, Universities across the country are still falling short of the the mandates of Title IX. So even though that law is there, the opportunities still are not. Even with such a law in effect, there's still a disparity between the amount of opportunity and funding. Smith says that women's athletics have not gotten the opportunity to make up ground in comparison to their male counterparts. I don't know that they're necessarily left behind. I don't know that they're not being given the opportunity to even catch up. You know, when you look at the media coverage for years of of women's sport in this country, women's sport is not covered. You know, mainstream media, only about 4% of airtime is devoted to women's sport. You know, if you take that attitude and apply it down to athletic departments at the collegiate level, even with a federal law mandate, You know, when you have those ingrained ideas that women's sports are not the norm, that they're not what we see on TV, that it's not what gets people excited, you know, I can see where it would be hard for an athletic department to say it's worth it to make this investment. Athletic departments that have, though, I think, see the importance of that, understand that. You look at overall in the sport landscape in the country, you know, we've had professional men's leagues since, you know, 1960s and earlier. We didn't get our first women's professional league until uh, 1999, 2000. So again, it's just, you know, women's 
women's sports have been behind. There's a lot less years of of coverage, of access, of investment. So that's that's why I say I don't think they've even been given the opportunity to catch up. Women in collegiate sports are going up against more than just a gap in the opportunities that women receive as opposed to men. Part of the problem stems from the attitudes of the public as well. According to Pew Research Center, 46% of women compared to 29% of men believe that Title IX has not gone far enough to increase opportunity for women in sports. According to Smith, this is more obvious to women because they're the ones affected. I think female athletes look around in their own athletic departments and they see what the men get, they see what they get, um, and they can tell with their own eyes that, that those opportunities are not equal. Another significant statistic that the survey found was that 61% of Americans said that funding in men's and women's sports should be equal. A sizable portion, 21%, said the funding should be based on the money brought in by the team. According to Smith, there are several flaws with these attitudes. They're significantly behind. Um, I think a lot of people will rest on that argument that if a woman's team and a women's sport can't bring money in, then they shouldn't be deserving of um, equal pay, of equal funding, of equal opportunity. You know, when, when you look at that, if you make that statement, though, then that means really, you know, typically football, men's basketball are going to be the sports that bring in money. So under that, that would also eliminate men's tennis because it's not bringing in the revenue that, that football or basketball would. Um, I think it's a very inaccurate assumption that, that people make about how college athletic funding works because Title IX, again, isn't necessarily always about funding. It's about opportunity. And so when you're looking at Title IX, you're looking at our men and women getting equal access to scholarships. Are they getting equal access to play? Unfortunately, Title IX doesn't really deal a lot with funding. But I think that that type of attitude just hurts sports overall, but definitely women's sports. Smith said that in order for men's and women's sports to be treated equally, there are some mountains to climb. Fortunately, she walked through some potential solutions that could help the problem. More investment from the schools, more of a buy-in, uh, more willingness to promote their, their female athletics, more willingness to promote their teams, uh, more willingness to promote what they're doing on and off the field. You know, people will make the argument that there's not a market for women's sports, but if you're not putting women's sports where people can access them, you know, if you're not putting them on television that's not behind a paywall, if you're not writing articles about them, if you're not talking about them on the radio, people can't access that. Once they have that access, once they have that understanding, you know, then they can watch those sports, become fans, become avid, you know, spectators. Um, so just, you know, again, making, being willing to make that investment, but also being willing to make it accessible to people. Despite its shortcomings, Title IX has had a significant impact over the last 50 years. It has opened doors for young women and girls across the United States by providing opportunities through things such as athletic scholarships. According to Smith, there are other significant strides women have made under the legislation as well. The fact that the opportunity is there is is obviously the biggest one. When I was when I was growing up and I was an athlete, my sport heroes were men for the most part because I was still fairly on the younger side of of Title IX, you know, and coming up in the Title IX world. My sports heroes were men for the most part. Uh, but you now have a generation of women whose sports heroes are women. Those are the people they can look up to. They can see that that female athletes are successful. They can see women athletes are incredible people. 
Um, so to be able to have that knowledge um, and have those role models has been a huge, huge factor. You know, women's sports participation continues to grow. Um, I think right now in the country, it's about 42 or 43 percent of all of the athletes are women. So even, you know, just having that opportunity to get out there is a huge, a huge positive for Title IX. You know, in the doors that it's opened for women, both in athletics and outside uh, in their professional lives have been huge, huge growth opportunities and huge benefits for women. The question is, what is holding women's sports back from flourishing to their full potential? According to Smith, one of the biggest hurdles to growth and popularity is the lack of accessibility to fans. For the fans who want to watch their team on television, there are barriers to them doing so. In order to fix this, Smith says networks have to begin to see the value in women's sports and put them in a position to succeed. If you're talking about trying to go a market for women's sports, this is one conversation that I have with my students all the time when I ask, you know, if they don't watch women's sports, why not? One of the biggest answers is because they can't ever find them to watch. So that might not necessarily be a micro IU level. But if you want continued support, if you want continued success for women's sports, then conferences have to start making that push to make their women's sports accessible. Networks have to realize the value of, of women's sports and and be willing to put it on. You know, ESPN moved the women's selection show for March Madness the year from Monday to Sunday. And when they moved it to Sunday and they put it in a, a really good prime viewing spot, their viewership numbers jumped. And that's what we're seeing typically across the board, that when you put these sports on television, when you make that accessible to audiences, we're seeing the numbers rise um, and we're seeing that the audience grow and we're seeing the audiences do huge number. The NCAA women's gymnastics uh, was put it in early slot on a Saturday afternoon because of ESPN's contract with the NHL and the women's gymnastics uh, national championship, their viewership numbers were greater than the NHL. So... <laughs> You know, it, it all has to work at both the micro and the macro level. But even though IU is doing a great job investing, people up the chain have to make that commitment as well. Although there has historically been a difference in how women's athletics are supported compared to men's across the nation, Indiana University Athletics has been doing what it can to elevate women's athletics. What's more is that the department has been doing it during a $25 million deficit from the fiscal year 2021 that resulted from the COVID-19 pandemic. Director of Development for IU Athletics, Ann Crawford, outlined the Athletics Department's plan of action. Well, I think it's important to understand that we at IU consider our athletic department 24 sports, one team. And through the $25 million deficit, we have done everything we can to make sure the student-athletes, male or female, do not feel the effect of that deficit. And so what I mean by that is our athletic director and his senior staff and the team around him, including our varsity club fundraising arm for IU Athletics, has made significant cuts in a lot of areas in athletics, but many of which do not directly impact the student-athlete. So when we looked at the deficit, there, of course, were staff decreases. We eliminated positions. We have not backfilled positions if people left on their own accord. Some of our top administrators and head coaches took 10% pay reductions. Our 
staff was asked to consider, and the majority of people did take two-week furloughs. We have examined and re-examined the operating budget to be as lean as possible without directly impacting our student-athletes and making sure their experience at IU is what we have highlighted as the Indiana standard, which is what they were experiencing before our deficit in part due to the ripple effect of COVID, and that includes men and women. All of our sports teams fall within that category. Aside from all those crisis measures, the main way IU supports its varsity women's sports outside of its budget is through the Women's Excellence Initiative, a fundraising initiative launched in August of 2021 to elevate women's sports at IU. According to Crawford, the initiative was designed as a fundraising vehicle and human resources campaign for the purpose of elevating IU's 13 varsity women's sports. Although the timing would suggest the initiative was in response to the pandemic, it has been in the works since 2019. It was a part of athletic director Scott Dolson's platform when he interviewed for the position in February of that year. The objective of the initiative is to raise funds for anything outside of the normal operating budget, which is built through ticket revenue, third-party contracts, television revenue, and other sources. Those items might help with recruiting, providing competitive advantage on the field, or enhance the student-athlete experience. Crawford says those items outside the budget, as well as helping with engagement, are where the initiative really shines. You know, if a piece of equipment needs to be replaced during the season, perhaps that wasn't in the operating budget. We'd love to be able to help do that through Women's Excellence. If there's, you know, a student-athlete experience or a team experience that a coach would love to put together, whether that's, you know, a weekend retreat or a forum trip, which can be very common in a lot of our teams, men and women. Women's Excellence might be able to help fund that opportunity, which right now is not a line item in the normal operating budget. And so as we look at the deficit, in part thanks to COVID-19, Women's Excellence is absolutely an initiative that we hope to create opportunities for our women's programs specifically. And it was set up that way to help us target an audience and engage intentionally with a group of people we maybe haven't been able to engage in the past. So with Women's Excellence, I mentioned the fundraising piece, but there's also this human engagement piece. So we want to be spending time with our, of course, season ticket holders to our women's sports. Um, and get to know those season ticket holders and those fans and those donors. We also want to get to know our former letter winners. Those are, you know, individuals who played women's athletics at IU in the past. We want to get to know parents. We want to get to know current season ticket holders to our other revenue-generating sports that might have a dual interest in women's college athletics and in the 
power of sport and how that can create leaders that go out and do great things in their community. The initiative has been up and running for almost a year at this point. According to Crawford, there have been significant developments in fundraising and providing opportunities in that amount of time. To date, it has raised $1.45 million in outright gifts. This means the athletic department has a total of $1.45 million that people have pledged to give to it. It is not the same as cash in hand. In fundraising, people may support a cause over the course of several years. With that outright cash that the athletic department expects to see over the next few years, they also raise $1.2 million in planned gifts. Planned gifts are when people plan out their estates in philanthropic legacy and include the Women's Excellence Initiative in those plans. The culmination of those funds enable the athletic department to project the money coming in. This helps them know what projects they can impact. It also enables the head coaches, athletic director Scott Dolson, and senior women's administrator Maddie White to brainstorm on a plan of action involving the funds. Together, they decide which facilities, teams, coaches' priorities, and aspects of the student-athlete experience they can improve. Crawford says that while they cannot take care of everything, they can take action to impact their varsity teams in a major way without the initiative even being around for a full year. So we have been able to fund a foreign trip for volleyball. They are actually over in Europe as we speak. And in volleyball, that is a really big recruiting tool. It's At IU, it's also a really important student-athlete experience, exposing our athletes to other cultures and to travel. Some of our student-athletes, because of their schedules, might not ever be able to study abroad or have that opportunity. So the foreign trip is something um, that we were really excited to provide and help fund. And from a recruiting standpoint, our coaches are really excited because our Big Ten and NCAA counterparts in volleyball, the majority of those top programs will host a foreign trip every four years. So each student athlete has that experience. We were also able to put new rowing docks in out at Lake Lemon for our women's rowing team. And again, with our current climate, and the ripple effect of COVID-19, we're having to really examine what facilities we can enhance and elevate. And we are excited that, you know, we could impact rowing and a need that they had. Um, The IU softball team um, had some facility upgrades that they are hoping to make as well. And Women's Excellence will fund those. And then field hockey also has some facility upgrades that they were looking to enhance, and we are able to help out with those through this funding. So all of that to say that between, you know, facilities and the student-athlete experience of a foreign trip, Women's Excellence has directly impacted the department already without even being around for a full year. One of the biggest aspects of the initiative is engagement with new parts of the IU fan base. Over the course of its tenure, 
IU Athletic Director Scott Dolson has identified audiences that were not intentionally cultivated to support athletics in general, let alone women's athletics. Historically, there has been much leverage placed on football and men's basketball season tickets to encourage people to support IU's athletics program. Those revenue-generating sports, along with television contracts, have created IU's operating budget. Because of that, athletics officials have spent a lot of time with football and basketball season ticket holders, while non-revenue sports season ticket holders were not engaged with on that level. The initiative makes sure there are people from the department spending time with season ticket holders for women's sports teams like volleyball and women's basketball. Crawford believes that the initiative will do great things for the student-athlete on and off the field. She says making sure women's athletics needs are always met is a top priority. IU considers, we consider ourselves a pioneer in, you know, academic opportunities for women as well as athletic. And by making women's excellence a priority, I hope that it is a visible sign to our women's team and our current student-athletes and our coaches and our IU athletics community that our programs are important and elevating them and helping them be successful is a priority. Again, at IU, we are very much 24 sports one team, making sure our women's programs and all of our athletics programs, men and women, have what they need is always a priority. Our varsity club staff is strong and we have a team that works every day to fundraise for all of our 24 teams in various climates. You know, the economy has ebbs and flows, but the student-athlete scholarship bill and the needs of our IU athletics department remain. And so women's excellence, while not a new train of thought, it is more visible than we have been in the past. And so for our current student-athletes, we hope, of course, every day that they feel valued and that they know there are people working in the background to help them be successful. We want that for all of our student-athletes. But I think having this specific initiative and knowing what a priority it is for our athletic director, Scott Dolphin, we hope our women at IU feel supported and ultimately have the success that they want, both in the classroom and on the field. For WFHB, I'm Oni Afuaco.